A mission is a movement. It's a thing. It's a dream. A powerful display of love across a foreign sea or contained within a ring. My neighbor calls for hope, for help, for life, for something to believe because it cannot seem to be more than it seems to be. A reaching out, a helping hand, a grace-filled word, a heart to men. A mission is a movement to live among the poor, to be a better neighbor and a steward of my stuff. For every person that I see, two or five in poverty chained to the ground, like the girls in Thailand and Greece and even in our own streets. I'm filled with disgust at institutional lust and cry out for mercy and freedom for those who have been taken. A mission is a movement to care for the sick and the wounded, to show them what Christ is about. For all of my neighbors who have been told they have AIDS, I'm called to be with them and stand in their grief. And for the 5% of people I see that live with HIV, and I know it's higher than that, the situation is more dire than that. A mission is a movement to know the spirit and the God who is sending me out, to be more creative, to speak peace in places of war, choosing forgiveness over radical blame, transform through reconciliation with spiral before into conflict and chaos and lives that were mourned. A mission is a movement, a mandate to act, not passively pass, but bring up my skills and creator who gave them. A mission is a movement of ordinary people, empowered by God's spirit, Doing what Jesus did together, wherever they are. A mission is a movement. I'm Joel Schmidgall, and I'm our executive pastor here. And I want to welcome everybody at uh, National Community Church. Good to see you guys today. We are going to throw some stakes down, and uh, we're going to camp out right here in A18 Mission for the next three weeks. So buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a wild ride. Let's giddy up. Let's get started. And we're going to start with A18, Acts 1-8. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. Amen. Now, A18, it doesn't just start with go to Jerusalem. When I think mission, I think, okay, okay tell me where I'm going and what I'm doing, Right? But the scripture doesn't just say where you're going and what you're doing. It focuses more on who is within, right? We are called, we are, we are given God's power by the Spirit, and then we go to all these places. And so this is where we start this whole thing. Now, what are the places that we go to? Let's take a step, step back for just a moment today, and let's step into the reality of our world. And that's in a number of stats. We step in, we see 633,782 people are homeless in the U.S. today. 239,000 of those people would be in homeless families, so they have no choice in the matter. A third of all teenage runaways will end up being lured into sexual exploitation uh, within 48 hours of running away. We see that uh, over 2,000 kids are in the Virginia and D.C. foster care system. I mean, the statistics go on and on and on. Seventy percent of those who, of those children who end up in trafficking would go through our foster care system. What do you do with these kind of stats? We talked about this last week, didn't we? And when you receive these kind of stats, it's, it's so overwhelming. 
And what can I, and you almost go through stages. You go through a process, don't you? Like, like first you're disgusted and then you're disillusioned and then you're kind of disinterested. Not because you don't care, but because what can I do? What can one person do about statistics like this? I'll tell you what you can do. You can do one thing. What's your one thing today? Our kids ministry would, would call it catching a cause. Say, what's that cause that you can catch? In fact, uh, they have given packs to all our parents to take home. And there's cards in there and there's questions that they ask with their kids and they sit down and then they pray through these things to simply catch a cause. And then they actually throw it on a slap bracelet, which is pretty cool. You, you heard it last week from Pastor Mark. He hit the same idea and the same message. Now, we have to understand this first, that we're not just here to get you to act for a cause, but we're here to introduce you to the cause of your maker. What is that one thing today? Nick Demos, one of our small group leaders in Alexandria, he saw and was compelled to be a part of the problem of youth in that city. And so he went to his local community center and he began to mentor a kid. Then he got a couple of his friends to go mentor kids. And now his whole small group is built around mentoring kids at the local community center. Helen Wong is at our Lincoln Theater location. She began to get a burden for girls coming out of the sex industry. And so what did she do? She decided, I want to pray about this. So she started to pray, and then she started to gather people in a small group around her. And now five different churches are represented in this group, and they're reaching farther and farther. Helen has started our ASE uh, ministry, our anti-slavery and exploitation ministry. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were part of the Stop Modern Day Slavery Traffic Walk in the city, raising thousands of dollars. We have events coming up. We have another walk. We're showing a film. Uh, God's just using her. It started with one person praying a prayer. I think of, uh, I think of Natalie, uh, who went on our, or I'm sorry, Natasha Bahima, who went on our trip to Ocho Rios, Jamaica. And we went there to work with a Teen Challenge Center, which is a Christ-based drug rehabilitation center. And we go in just this incredible experience in the guys program. But while we're there, girls are coming to the program, but they can't take them because they have no girls program. So Natasha said, now, I'm going to start praying about this. And then she started asking questions. And then she came home and she started giving. And then she set up a whole tour for the leader to come to the States. And she set up a fundraising tour for them to go on. It's called a little uh, pat on the back right there. And then what happened is while they're doing that, the government came to Teen Challenge and they said, you're doing so well with these guys. We want you to come over to this land and we're going give to give it to you for pennies on the dollar. And why don't you come and, and build things up over here? And so that, that took the guys over here, and it freed up. And now the girls' program has started, and they have the entire building facility to run with Teen Challenge Jamaica Women's Center. Now, here's what's crazy, you guys. Across the street is this bar. And the bar is where a lot of the drugs are sold out of. And so what they're doing is they're going out talking to girls. Okay, you want to get uh, free of your drug addictions? Then come over to Teen Challenge. They said, where is it? Well, you know where they sell drugs? It's right across the street from that. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense, does it? So they just started praying. That's what they do. Started praying into that bar. I got a note from uh, the director of Teen Challenge Center. He sent me a little note, and here's what it says. This past week, he sent this note. How are things going, my brother? Not sure if you heard about the last miracle. The bar in front of our center is now the Teen Challenge Jamaica thrift store. 
And it says this, we have claimed it for the kingdom. It started with one girl doing one thing, praying one simple prayer. Andy Stanley says it best. He says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. When, we, when I go over to Southeast D.C. and on Saturday mornings go to Adopt-A-Block, I go over there with great ambition. And we're going to go touch hundreds of people and get to countless houses. And then we go out and ministry happens. And we go to about five houses. And we run out of time. And you know, it's, it's frustrating because there's so many more needs. There's so many more people. And I just, there's not enough of me. There's not enough of my time. And what do you do in that situation? You get frustrated. Do you quit? Do you give up? Or do you do, do you say this principle? No, I will do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. Ernest Clover, our uh, A18 local ministry director. Uh, Ernest and I were out walking the streets, and it's right, you know, it's right in front of the Dream Center that so many of you are praying for, and there's more story of that coming. But we walk the streets right around the Dream Center, and we're already doing ministry. That's what this is all about. So every work, we're getting out there. We're walking the streets right in front of the Dream Center. Uh, we meet a guy, a big guy, shaved head, bandana, and uh, jersey on, and we meet him and start talking to him and, and kind of skeptical look at us, and, uh, but friendly guy. And so we talk to him for a bit, and then Next week, we come back around. He sees us again and, and I says, hey, I remember you guys. What are you guys doing here? So we tell him, we're just out trying to get to know the neighbors. We're trying to be a blessing. We're mowing yards. We're, we're cleaning the streets. We're trying to pray with people. So man, is there anything we can pray for you about? No, 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 no I'm good. I don't, I don't need that. I'm, I'm good. And so we, you know, week after week, we're back again and again and again. And, and finally, he pulls Ernest aside and he says, listen, Ernest, I know what you're trying to do here. He says, uh, this, with this whole God thing. And he says, I just, I'm good. I don't need that, okay? It's fine. I appreciate it, but I'm, I'm all right. Say, so, okay, well, you know, we're just, we're just going to be your friend. And I uh, love getting to know you. And so it's fast forward weeks later, and I show up with full ambition this morning. And I, tell, I actually told my group, listen, if you want to go slow, go in the other group, okay? My, we're going to giddy up today. We're going to go get it, all right? We're going to get to as many houses as possible. And I'm telling you, 15 steps Later, <laughs> uh, I hear my name, hey, Joel, and this guy runs over and uh, starts pouring his heart out to us in five minutes, ten minutes, and I start, you know, looking at my watch and, and think, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. Yeah, life change. Okay, whatever. Okay, let's, let's get this done, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thinking, I got to get out of here, and then I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Listen, Joel, I know you got to get to your mission But I'm trying to do something right here, and maybe you can do for one right now. Listen, you can go out and you can do a good thing, but when you are empowered by the Spirit, a good thing turns into a God thing. And we had a God moment right there, 15 steps away from that house. And he started pouring his heart out, talking about his family, talking about his difficulties, talking about his pain, talking about his hurt. And we get to the end of this thing, and I say, man, I know, I know we don't usually do this, but, but would it be okay if we just prayed for it? He says, we need to pray. I said, oh, okay, well, that's a good idea. Okay, well, let's pray. And I start praying. He says, all right, let's hold hands. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and hold hands, okay? And so we start praying 
and we're right there in the alley, and we're calling down heaven. And Michelle's there, and she's calling down heaven, and we're all gathered around praying. We get to the end, and we bear hug it out. And then after he says, listen, I don't usually go to church, but, but I'm going to try to come sometime when you're preaching. And then he says this. He says, listen, he says, you guys are a blessing. And he, and he said this, and you're helping me to make right decisions. Now, I know this for a fact, because we've gotten to know him a little bit. I know this for a fact, that he is, by his, some of his decisions, has added on to the statistics that we are trying to reverse. And now I know a new fact, that one number of those larger statistics is now starting to turn and starting to change, and starting to move. Why? Because we're willing to take one moment. We're willing to take one prayer. We're willing to look at one person. We're willing to do one single thing. Listen, you guys right here, listen to this. Statistics, they're just a compilation of individual stories. So how do you change a stat? You change a story, one person at a time. That's all we can do. Our problem presents, our world presents amazing problems, right? But the kingdom of God provides awesome solutions to those problems. And solutions from God, they don't often come in monetary form. They come in the form of you and of you and of you and of you and of me. Nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. And if everybody does something, then God can do anything. And this is the beauty of the whole thing, you guys. When you do something, when I do something, when Pastor Dave does something, then something begins, the church comes into action. And when the church begins to rise up, when the church rises up together, here's what happens. You don't just change one story. Mm -mm. No, you become the story. This past year, we sent 260 people into 21 different missions. We gave and we gave and we saw 2,000 people give towards short-term missions. We were a part of over 75 kids being invested in being mentored through the Southeast White House and Future Dream Center. We gave about $1.4 million. We invested $1.4 million into missional efforts. I mean, we were all over the place. We had about 900 people serving through Second Saturday in 150 different projects in D.C., in Virginia, and around this area, doing things from the Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center to taking care of seniors to reaching out to those who are infected with HIV. I mean, we were moving in the kingdom of God. You get caught up in the movement, and you realize it's not about my abilities. It's about His calling. And then you step into what we call a 18 for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the way to the ends of the earth. Here's our translation right here, right now of that exact statement. Here's our translation. We are ordinary people empowered by God's Spirit doing what Jesus do, does together wherever we are. We start a 18 with the very last words of Jesus. And it takes us, now we're gonna go all the way back to Jesus' first words. If you have the scriptures, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter four. All right, we're gonna to get to Luke chapter four here in just a minute. But if you're a guest today, I just wanted to extend my welcome to you. Perhaps you walked into church for the first time since like 1983. You're like, wow, things have changed. 
Uh, perhaps you would consider yourself more sort of on the seeking side. Maybe even call yourself a skeptic of this thing called following Jesus. I just want to say welcome. So grateful that you're, you're with us. Uh, it was several years ago that I was at Results Gym, formerly at 5th and K. And uh, it's, it's long in its dimensions. And at the very end of it is this horseshoe-shaped uh, circuit uh, gym uh, machines. And so I go into the back and I start hitting the machines. Now along that is this long mirror. It's 9.30 at night. You're listening to James Brown. What do you do when you're by yourself? Oh, you're feeling good. You start dancing. Now, fact, this white boy can't dance. Um, not, not at all, but it doesn't matter that night. I'm going to dance it up. And so I start sort of dancing. I'm looking at the mirror, and, and I you know, start flexing. And I walk up to the mirror. I'm fixing my teeth. And I uh, walk back. 15 minutes I'm doing this. Out of nowhere, I'm about five minutes from the mirror, and all of a sudden, a light turns on behind, and there are 30 women in a yoga class standing there clapping at me. What do you do in that moment? I bowed. Come to National Community Church. Good to have you here. Now, if I were, if I were to be completely real with you, like what we're talking about today, when we're talking about 818 missions, is so much of my life is a mirror right here. And I'm so absorbed with the world around me. And all of a sudden, when we can talk about getting into God's presence, and we start downloading the mission of Jesus, and we become empowered by the Spirit of God, what happens is, is light starts to click on. And beyond the mirrors, we begin to see what God is doing all around us. We're talking about the heart of our Heavenly Father today. We're talking about what Jesus is for and not what religion is against. And, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes uh, I think religion can be sort of an affirmation system where, where we kind of come in and we hear from our tribe and we pay, we pray, we get out of the way. And we kind of let the professionals do it. And, and, and I've been there before, and I'll be honest with you, what, what can happen if we're not careful is instead of being changed, we just become socially conditioned. We become inoculated to the very thing that we're called to be transformed by. So what I've discovered is change oftentimes happens through disruptions. Disruptions are the very source of the things that can give us an idea of the opportunities and the mission, the purpose that God has given us. When's the last time you were disrupted by the Spirit? Now, there was uh, Hannah Arendt in 1963 uh, wrote an essay and uh, an interesting concept that she came up with called the banality of evil. And in it is this premise that uh, major injustices around the world are not the byproduct of a single sociopath, but the collective affirmation of, uh, of everybody, even if it's considered wrong, this sort of behavioral acceptance. It was uh, several years ago that a pastor in Colorado read an article, and uh, he read that there were 842 kids in the foster care system in Colorado. And he sort of just read it, and he kind of pushed it aside. And, and, and the next day, he found himself on his knees, and he was in prayer, and, and the Holy Spirit started to disrupt him. 
And you know you're, you're getting in a fight when you're like, Holy Spirit, I'm trying to pray. Okay? <laughs> it begins to disrupt him, and he says, I can't do anything. And, and, and the Spirit is kind of speaking to him. You can't do everything, but you can do something. And so what he decides to do is he just he starts this organization called Colorado 127, based on James 127, and he starts getting all of these churches involved. And this is five years ago. Can I tell you, his goal was what if, instead of a list of, of children in a foster care system, what if we had families waiting for kids? As of this year, Colorado now has more families waiting than there are kids in the foster care system. Isn't that awesome? That's a disruption of the Holy Spirit when we step into that. Now, what if there are 300 kids in the foster care system in Washington, D.C. that are waiting for adoption? There's 1,000 in Virginia. What if the church came together? Well, that's exactly what's happening. There's thing called DC 127. All the churches are coming together and they're saying, what if we can fix this problem? How awesome would that be? Now, if we're going to attack these global Goliaths and we're going to discuss God's plan and our participation of it, I think one of the greatest needs of the 21st century is to release the pent-up, latent, unused potential of the ordinary follower of Christ. I just believe it. Well, what is it? What's Jesus' mission? When we go back to his very first words, some incredibly fascinating stuff. I'm just excited to talk about it. So let's go to Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus has been tested and tempted in the wilderness. He comes out full of the Spirit, and he quotes Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, let's just break this down just a little bit. Is this going to give us a little bit of an indication of what Jesus' mission was? This is so cool. It's so empowering for the church. Now, Jesus discovers and, and, and claims there are three global systemic problems in his day, and they're the same problems that we face in our day. Number one is poverty. Number two is disease. And number three is brokenness. Between us and God and between uh, us and, and relationship to others and to ourselves. And so the antidotes to this is the very first words of what Jesus says. What you'll notice are three things. Number one is spiritual. Number two is physical. And number three is social. Assist the poor. Care for the sick. Transform through reconciliation. Act. This isn't like some uh, cute little acronym that we've come up with. Here, here's what's awesome about this. Now, I meet people all the time, and they say, you know what? It, it's all about evangelism. It is about uh, the cross and the resurrection of Christ and what he's done in our lives, and that's what we're called to do. Others of us say, well, actually, we haven't met the physical needs. We haven't met the social needs of society. And when you read this, this verse... It's this. It's all of the above. It's spiritual, physical, social transformation, assisting the poor, caring for the sick, transforming reconciliation. And you know what that is? That's the whole gospel. 
And what if we were the whole church communicating the whole gospel in a whole new way? Powerful. Oh, we've got it right here. And uh, so what I want to talk about now as we think about assisting the poor and caring for the sick and transforming through reconciliation is where do we do this? So uh, why don't you go ahead and go to the next thing. Uh, In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, what is Jerusalem for us? Well, Jerusalem for us is our city. It's our neighborhoods. So for some of us, it's Alexandria. Others of us, it's Arlington. For for a lot of us here, it's Washington, D.C. The next is Judea. Judea is sort of in in the time of Jesus would have been considered sort of a county or a region. And so that's sort of how we frame it out. Samaria would be considered uh, a cross-cultural ministry in his own neighborhood, sort of walking across the way to to reconcile and to interact with people that are unlike yourself. And of course, the ends of the earth are, are international ministries. And so what I thought we would do, just to keep it as simple as we can, uh, because we believe that uh, nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something, is you're going to get this on your way out. We got the A18 2014 booklet. Oh, I'm so excited about this. You're going to get it as you go out. But inside are all sorts of ways in which we can engage in this, and this is how we're going to frame it out. You can go to the next thing to Jerusalem. I want to walk us through this. There are Many, many things that we do that we engage with in our own neighborhood, in our own city, locally here in Washington, D.C., Alexandria, and Arlington. Uh, Number one is campus outreach. What we've decided to do as a church, as a multi-site church, is to decentralize our outreach, knowing that our neighborhoods and where we're at, we know best how to serve those communities. So what you oftentimes see is in all of our locations, we have outreaches that take place. The next thing that we do is business as mission, Ebenezer's Coffee House, and eventually the Miracle Theater. Did you know that every penny of profit goes into missions? I think this past year, $150,000 went towards missions through uh, Ebenezer's Coffee House. Isn't that awesome? Second Saturday Serve. Second Saturday Serve is serving the city with no strings attached. And there's over 700 people that have been part of Second Saturday Serve. And what it is, is we, it's so simple. There's four locations uh, throughout this area, and we just go in and we just bless. We just bless our community. That's all, it, that's all we do. And here's the awesome thing about it. Uh, I, I, get, I get a lot of people that sort of come up and, and, and they're cynical about the church, and, and I, I can understand that. Uh, but this is awesome. When they come up and they, they sort of have an issue, I say, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, We've got Second Saturday Serve, and, and there's all sorts of ways that you can sort of engage. Um, if you've got an idea, come to us, and let's empower you to do it. And so I had somebody that moved here from, uh, from L.A. just a few weeks ago come up to me and say, hey, I, I've got a neighbor, uh, and, and I would love to just help them out. Can we paint their house? I said, shoot an email over to Francesca, and we'll hook it up this Saturday. I love when we can be a people that engage and empower one another to get involved in a local. Uh, Signature issues. What we've recognized as a church is there are many systemic issues and problems around the world, but what we've discovered is uh, there's three or four issues that we emphasize a little bit more. And so those are uh, trafficking in our city, HIV and AIDS, 
uh, child advocacy and homelessness. And so what has happened is organically, uh, people within our community have stepped up and said, I need, to, I need to help lead this thing. And so we've got leaders in all of these different areas, and these are ways in which uh, you can find out more information and ways what you, you, in which you can engage. Uh, finally, missionary support. We support over 80 missionaries around the world financially through your generous giving and investment, and many of whom are here on a local level. We support a restoration ministry, which provides is the only Christian organization that provides counsel and care to women who have experienced trafficking in their lives. We support uh, Chi Alpha, who reach out to universities, uh, over eight universities in this area that we uh, financially support. And finally, In Service in the Living Room uh, has been one of our longer-running ministries, and it's our outreach to the homeless. A recognition that we want to provide dignity and respect to the men and women that find themselves in the unfortunate circumstance of being homeless. There's in ways in which we engage in that. Next is our Judea. Uh, in Judea, which would be sort of our region, uh, would be short-term missions. Now, this upcoming year, we are going to be doing 27 short-term missions. You can clap for that or whatever you want to do. In Judea, our short-term mission is going to be anywhere from going out to Phoenix uh, to working, going uh, again this upcoming year, uh, working in the issue of trafficking, to Appalachia. Appalachia is considered one of the poorest areas in the entire country. So we're going to go partner with a church there. Uh, Idaho. We're going to go to rural Idaho where there's a tremendous amount of poverty in these areas. And, uh, and so we're going to put together a camp that's going to go towards families that might ha- not have the financial means to be able to get away and do stuff like that. Next is our Samaria. Now, this is, this is amazing. That is just sort of a little, a little line on this. But the D.C. Dream Center, we have uh, given almost $2.9 million towards uh, the investment in the building of this project. And uh, we're just excited about the next steps in D.C. and Anacostia of what God's going to be doing through the Dream Center. And we're going to continue to be giving you updates of what God's doing through that. Southeast White House uh, is a house for all people. And so we provide mentoring and aftercare uh, in those areas as, as well as reconciliation lunches for people that have no business seeing each other on a normal basis. Gang leaders, politicians, church leaders all coming together under a, a, a table. And of course, our signature issues, again, that we deal with in Samaria. And finally is our global. We have uh, short-term missions going on all over the, the world. Uh, Pastor Joel is going to be leading a trip to Lebanon where we're going to be using basketball, using sports as a way uh, to recon- reconcile Muslims and Christians. Uh, uh, Pastor John Vaughn with uh, Potomac Yard is going to be going to Northern Ireland where there's been tremendous amount of conflict. We're going to be going back and working with a tremendous church there. Uh, uh, Pastor Joshua Simonette with Kingstown is going to be going to Nigeria. The most persecuted church in the entire world is in Nigeria. And so through our relationship with Emmanuel, we're going to be sending a team uh, to be working with the church that's happening there. Prachtwerk. 
I am announcing the name of our Berlin Cafe today. How German is that? Prachtwerk. It's actually a non-religious word that means glory work. And it comes from a Hebrew word uh, called avodah, which in, in the original Hebrew, work and worship were the same. And so what it is is this vision to communicate to Berliners the power of when we work, it's considered worship and glory to God. Super excited about that. That launches next month, Acts 13 Initiative. I don't know if a lot of people know about Acts 13 Initiative. It was several years ago. In the book of Acts chapter 13, Paul and Silas are praying and fasting, and the church sends them out. And so Pastor Mark felt compelled to say, what if we, the church, began praying and fasting and start sending people out? And so uh, we have the Borjas, Dido and Christina, who are in Granada, Spain right now. We have Adam and Sunshine Taylor in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and Jack Halloran. Uh, we think he's in Cape Town. Um, if you know Jack at all, you're not really sure exactly where he is, but he is using surfing as a way to disciple people, at-risk youth. It's tremendous what God is doing in him. I'm going to be leading a trip to Uttar Pradesh, India, a place in northern India where 1 in 24,000 persons are confessing believers. And for the past five years, NCC has financially supported pastors to be trained to go in and preach, teach, and heal. And so we're going to be sending a team, in, and we're going to go early church and be going into some of the most unreached places in the world. What is all of this? It's ordinary people, empowered by God's Spirit, doing what Jesus did together, wherever they are. Acts chapter 1, that Jesus had come out of the grave. He had defeated death and its sting. And he comes before the disciples and gives his final instructions. And we find him in verse 6 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now notice, he, he doesn't go down their line of questioning. Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The, the disciples were ready to sit back and watch Jesus restore the kingdom of Israel. But Jesus steps forward. He says, no. He says, my Holy Spirit will come on you. And he says, no, this isn't a me thing. This right here, this is an us thing. When we step into mission, here's what we think. We think we're going to sit back, watch, and wait for God to do everything. But he says, no, stand up, step forward, pray, and act in my spirit. This is, it's not just about going on mission. It is about going on co-mission. We're called to, to be a people of action, right? But listen, to be a people of action, you've got to have the power of God. To get the power of God, you've got to be in the Spirit. To be in the Spirit, you've got to get in God's presence. And God's power is always preceded by God's presence. Do you know that? We see that all over the Scripture. Jesus, before his miracles, it's preceded by him walking through the wilderness in, pray, in prayer and fasting. We see his very first public address is preceded by the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. 
we see in the book of Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people come to salvation. It's preceded by the disciples going into the upper room, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Acts 1-8 calling right there. Now, if we were to to try to see 3,000 salvations in our city, what would we do? Like we'd get the best, most innovative leaders in the church and we'd bring them together. We'd probably do a big outreach and, and we'd get the best speakers and we'd do projects of good deeds. And, but that's not what the disciples do. We want to do good things. We want to make a difference. And so we go to the back room and we talk about it. We think about it and we strategize. Or we go to the front room and we look around and we survey the needs. But the disciples, they didn't go to the back room. They didn't go to the front room. They went to the upper room. They walked up the stairs and they got in the presence of God. We, I'm not here today to motivate you to action. I'm here to motivate you to get in the presence of God. Because with the Spirit, we find His power. And that's the only way we can do anything. That's the only reason we are what we are. When you get into God's presence, it's the difference between who you are and who you want to be. The Holy Spirit comes. And He doesn't make you better than anybody else. He makes you better than yourself. We're called into his spirit. That's how we should act. That's how we should move. That's how we should talk. That's how we should live. That's how we should be. You say, man, I I thought the whole point of this sermon, of this sermon series was to act. I thought the whole goal was to act. The goal is to get into the spirit of God and for the spirit of God to get into us. And when the spirit of God gets into us, that's our goal. And then our response is to act to assist the poor, to care for the sick, to transform through reconciliation. Now, here's the deal. Here's here's our objective today. It's almost counterintuitive. We're not trying to get you to act. We're trying to get you to pray. We're trying to get us to pray, to enter into the Spirit of God, to enter into the presence of God that He might do something. And so on your way out, you're going to get, as Pastor Dave mentioned, you're going to get the A18 booklet. And inside that booklet, There's a card. It's a prayer card. It looks like this. And it's a simple uh, kind of investment in you. We want to ask you, we're calling it the seven-day prayer challenge. We want to ask you to go on a seven-day prayer challenge. It's as simple as this. You get up, you start your day in prayer. You can't can't kind of take time to pray. You've got to make time to pray, right? So you get up, you start your day in prayer. Think about this. Fast your snooze button this week. That'll give you nine extra minutes a day. Or if you don't snooze, then set it 10 minutes early. And then what you do, you take this card. It's got a, a, a short scripture, a commissional scripture on here for each day. You start by reading that scripture. Then you get in prayer. And then there's a line on here. What is my one prayer for today? And you get that one prayer. You take it with you that day. You pray that one prayer that day. And every single day you go through this. In seven days, the seven-day prayer challenge, we'll be back here. And next week... Then we step forward when we're in the Spirit, when we're empowered by the Spirit. Then we step forward into action. On the flip side, it's an action card. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that. And we'll take steps next week. But let's get into prayer. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. Seven-day prayer challenge, a few minutes a day, seeking the Spirit and the presence of God. Matthew chapter 28, it says this, verse, verse 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The key idea of this scripture is not the needs of the lost. It's the authority of Jesus. When we get his authority, we step into his spirit. When we step into his spirit, we are empowered by the spirit. And when we live empowered by the spirit, you guys, sin cannot hold us. Satan can't stop us. And fear will not control us. We step in to the mission that God has given us. Hey, I want us to pray today. I want to invite the worship leaders at all of our locations to come forward. I just want to ask everyone who's listening, go ahead and stand up with me right now. And I want to pray for us. And I want this prayer to be the beginning of our prayer challenge this week. And right after I pray, we're just going to go right into song. And this song is going to be your start into prayer of this week. So you might sing the lyrics as a prayer. You might not even sing the lyrics. You might begin to pray in the Spirit and just seek the Lord and offer the Lord who you are. God, pour out your Spirit on me, God. We want to see your Spirit come and your will be done. God, send us into the upper room because without your Spirit, we got nothing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we give you thanks for your word that never returns void. We understand that it's not just about it's not just about a message that we give. It's about a life that we live. So, Father, right now we ask for your anointing to be over us, to be over this week. We will come to you. We will seek you. We don't want to just have a pat on the back. We don't want to think that we're doing something good as a church. It has nothing to do with that. Lord, we want to be in the presence of God. And in your presence, we are made new. And in your presence, we find an overabundance of grace. So we pray that this week we would, that you would pour out your grace on us, God, that we would receive your Holy Spirit and that we would be filled in the Holy Spirit. We pray that, God, with our whole heart, Lord. We reach out to you, God. Our hands are lifted up, our hearts come to you, Jesus, asking that you would be in our midst, Lord, that you would fill our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.